especially earlier in my career, I, I barely got sleep uh, because I, I spent every every day trying to like scale up and, and improve myself and you know learn. At the end of the day, I'm just like mentally trained that I I cannot think enough to even have the basic conversation. Whether I'm going to cry in your corner or talk to a therapist or something, um, you have to keep coming back and, and coming back until you get something eventually. People don't really speak of it that much often, but almost take it hard. Your job is to find ways, you know, to use code to solve the problem. So it's it's not about you know whether it's you have proficient at Java or you have proficient at you know .NET or or JavaScript or anything. People don't talk about this enough, but you need to be able to like relieve the rejection. Hello and welcome to Teen Tech, the podcast for tech enthusiasts. If this is your first time listening to the episode, we also have a four-minute trailer that gives an overview to the podcast. I strongly recommend you listen to that before you start listening to the podcast. And if you've done that, we can jump right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast, another podcast episode, um, The Tech Diaries. This is T in Tech. On today's episode, I have a very wonderful guest. Um, like him accepting to come up on the podcast was just shocking. Like I just said, let me just try my luck. Boom. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, um, this is an episode I hope to also enjoy. Uh, and he's he's a senior man in tech. Like, if I start to read his portfolio now, you guys are going to be shocked. Um, so on the podcast today. We have Ulua Kuridi Cool. Boss, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so briefly, can you introduce yourself to the listener for people that are just going to hear you speak for the first time? Okay, um, so I'm, I'm Kuridi, like you said. Um, I'm a software engineer. Um, <laughs> I think... I'm self engineer, you know. I've I've worked in this space for a couple of years, and um, currently with a company. I don't, I I don't, I don't talk about like companies I work at much. Uh, I don't know. It's just a thing I don't do. But you know, I'm, I'm with this dot currently, and um, I work there as a senior, you know, developer. So yeah, that that's pretty much it. I'm Nigerian, of course. Yeah. 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 Um... You like, I think some I just find interesting now is when you said you have worked in the space for a couple of years, and some people will listen now and think it's two years. <laughs> you are running close to a decade. Of... It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not decade. Um, I, I, I think I worked for six years. Uh, I graduated 2015. Um, I did computer science, of course. Um, so I, I graduated 2016, 2015. I'm um, served. And pretty much started working around that around 2016, 2017. So it's six years or something now. You know, it's after a decade. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a couple of years. It's not for people that are listening. It's not a couple of it's, years. It's, it's, it's a few years. <laughs> the person you guys <laughs> have been years. listening to has been coding, has been having like I, I'm sure the sleepless night is 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 generated for everybody. Please, oh, just, um, please tell me it's not just me. <laughs> definitely, especially um. Especially earlier in my career, I, I barely got sleep uh, because 
I spend every every day trying to like scale up and and improve myself and you know learn because I did not learn in school because I was playful and, and stuff. So um, when I started my career, I had to like catch up and, and make sure that I could actually work and function as a developer. So yeah. Um. So briefly walk us through like your 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 um introduction to tech. Like how did this start? Like you didn't I mean, just I, wake up one day and just and just say, uh, I, I saw JavaScript in my dream and let me start manipulating the DOM. Yeah. <laughs> so um how did... so for me it was I, I think it's kind of straightforward for me, but um I my dad is an engineer and I wanted to be an engineer as well, an electrical engineer. And um but computers were, were, were things that were always like at home for us when I was growing up. Like there was always either a desktop or a laptop or something. So um, I did lots of of PC gaming as a kid. I just I just like gaming and stuff. And and so I had lots of like you know familiarity with with computers. And I also remember secondary school we used to have this um, what they call computer rooms. I forget the actual name they call them, but um, the computer room and 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 then there were people who you know were cool and would be let in and and I'll be at the window begging for them to let me in so I could play games and stuff. And you know, once in a while they say yes, a lot of times no. Um, so like there was there was that familiarity. So um, when I was done with secondary school, I I wanted to do electrical engineering as as always, and um, I I couldn't get admission um, for electrical engineering at the school I wanted. Um, and then it was always the thing where, for me, was I wanted to do electrical engineering or computing. And so the, the schools I got admission at, um, they didn't have the deal for electrical engineering. So the next best thing was computer science. And so I, you know, went for computer science and it was fun. I never looked back. Um, pretty much. I, I and then I discovered that while doing computer science in school, I, I wasn't the most serious person. So it was a, a case where I was not doing so well in other courses. But anytime I did a programming course, I would get either an A or a B or something. Like I, I never did badly in a programming course as serious as I was. So it was like I just naturally drifted towards it because. I felt like he was, you know, speaking to me. I was like drawn towards it and, and all. And and then I think between my my third year and my fourth year, there used to be this guy that, that built websites for my dad. And then my dad was like, he asked me one day if I would be interested in, you know, learning web development and all. And I was like, yeah, why not? And so he reached out to the guy who built websites for him and then, you know, struck a deal with that guy to teach me. And then that person um, actually spent part of my my summer, which was also my internship, um, teaching me you know web development. And so I went back to school for final year, and web development was actually a course um, for final year. And I skipped all the classes <laughs> because I pretty much had learned everything they were going to teach. Oh. And of course, I I yeah I got an E without attending the classes. You know, it was, it was just wow. something I learned during summer. I know. So um, pretty much I graduated and it was just clear that, you know, this, this was, like programming was what I wanted to do. And then I attempt uh, programming in, in the web scene. So I just naturally drifted towards that. Wow. Wow. Um, 
um one thing i'm really really fascinated about is your journey like your journey in like tech um when i went through your portfolio like you moved from being an it consultant consultant intern for lagos state <laughs> to being a of an in the capital of germany god when in capital letters god when <laughs> you are living like a lot of people's dream like that is super super cool so um i want you to walk us through like the journey the journey from like then till like now like how's it been um it's been it's been fun it's been challenging you know there, there have been high moments there have been low moments there it's it's everything i know in between and and all that challenge here and there and it's it's an interesting scene because I think it's it's both like easy and, and complicated. It's one thing where you you need to really like want it to keep up because at times I feel like on the outside it looks like people are just you know sitting in front of a PC all day and are tapping keys and 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 all that. And there are times when I I walk and at the end of the day I'm just like mentally drained and I I cannot think enough to even have a busy conversation because of how much. You know, mental energy has been spent um, doing work, so it's it's been an interesting journey actually. But it's been overall, it's been fun, and based on my personality type, it's been one thing that's that's been able to keep me going. I, I feel like you know, lots of people do um, jobs to. I mean, all of us work for money in the grand scheme of things, and, and um, there are people who are like in fields where. They don't really fancy, but it brings in money, pays the bills, and, and so they have to power on through that. But it's kind of fun and maybe a privilege working in, in a space where aside the money, um I actually enjoy what you know what I'm doing. I, I enjoy the challenges it brings, it keeps me stimulated. And then also, you know, there is, there is money in the field. So it's like I was like born lucky and, and stuff like that. So yeah. How is it moving from like working in a Nigerian company to like breathing a foreign atmosphere and coding JavaScript from a different country? Like how how has the like how has the transformation been? And what has been the major difference between working here in Nigeria and working abroad? Oh well, I, I think my my abroad experience, if I would say so, is um maybe a little like you know different from the, the typical uh, no because I, I moved um during the, the lockdown and so I mean it's 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 a good thing in the sense that I've I've been a person who has been pro remote very early in my career. Like my first job was the only job I did on site. Um so I've I've been big on remote work and all and so um the fact that I moved during the pandemic meant that the job I got which was actually on site, you know, was forced to, you know, go remote like the rest of the world. And and then the pandemic was something I helped, like, you know, make it rapid for more companies to like just stick to to working remotely. So that's been good for me, you know, since I'm a person that finds remote work. I'm on the differences between, you know, Nigerian companies and uh, companies here. Yeah. I've worked for one, uh, let me see, my career, I think I worked for, one Nigerian company proper, and everything after that was either me freelancing. I, I started a small thing with a friend of mine where we like 
build out stuff for, for small, you know, small people and small companies before I got my my first remote job that was, you know, based in UK. So I worked with just one Nigerian company, but we serviced lots of banks um, and, and back then. And I think ultimately it's, it's more about the culture of the, the of the people and and then the culture of the people, yeah. So I think all that seeps into into the way we like the way the way we work, the way, the work environment, the the vibe, the energy, etc. Um, you know, ultimately they both have their, their pros and cons, and uh, and that way it's more about the culture of the people primarily. But one thing about the culture here is that like when I was working in Nigerian company, I was dealing more with like hundred percent Nigerians. Um, all the companies I've worked with here um actually have more um diverse diverse you know people people from all parts of the world like in, in fact i'm in germany and i've not really worked with so many german engineers i've worked more with like people from us people from turkey people from ukraine um etc so like the diversity is also a big one because there are many people that also like move from different parts of you know the world to, to come to germany to to do tech job for people that will be listening to this podcast, a lot of them will be because what we're trying to target is enlightening people just moving into tech and all. So I would like to know if you could like drop one or two advice on how to like land a tech job or like how to land a job in tech for like newbies and people just moving into it. Well, I, I think I, I, I frankly think, and this is not just a tech thing, um, that uh, this will sound cliche, but being out there is one one tactic. It's one thing I personally did not do too much of because I I like to be private. Um, but but being able to yourself out there is is one thing because then when people are thinking about you know, um, if someone puts out a job ad, you'll have your friends or you know, for example, let's say Twitter, you have your mutuals um tagging you on them and say you know what this is an opportunity. So you put yourself in in this position where people think of tech and then think of you you know and and that helps you to get get your foot in but really but one thing I've, I've learned through my career and as a person is relationships um even if you're not going to be like public public relationships um go a long way it, it's, it's about someone talking at the back and saying oh they need something and and then re- ref- referring you for, for the position or something um when i did freelancing it was i i did not get jobs from adverts or anything it was more like oh i've done a job for one person and then they recommend me to another person or i i know a friend and then they know someone that wants something and they, they ask me if i'm interested in fact my very first job was a friend of mine who i went to school with we were actually roommates and um he just messaged me saying you know what his company was looking for an engineer and i was like yeah i'm up so I, I think I think one of the biggest things is actually relationships, um, and maybe since we had I'm, I'm talking about relationships before, like portfolio and and you know skills and all that. But um, relationships actually very easily get you, you know, get one foot in the door, and then you can then let your your you know your skills do the talking and, and shine. Also, because many companies. Um, I prioritize people who are referred over people who like apply directly from their sites. I know like they have the companies that have applied to and then they rejected me. And then someone refers me from within the company. And then easily the same, the same resume, the same person, everything is the same, except the mode of application. And 
and now I'm in front of an interview, you know, talk and an interview you're talking about and uh, stuff and also I think relationships are important, but also you need something to be able to back up, you know, um the referral. So you're looking at making sure your portfolio shines, your resume is is sparkling and all. And yeah, there are lots of resources, you know, that, that help help with this thing. There is um this careercop.com, for example, from I think it's from Gail. She's she's the author of um Cracking the Golden Interview, which is one of the most popular, you know, interview books. Um, but she has wow. there's this site from her and it has like tips on landing jobs and that page. Actually, my resume is partly based off the template there. Um, my resume is based on like three people's templates, but um, but mostly it's based off that template. And and also there are lots of free resources, making sure that you um your portfolio shines. And one thing that people do also do is they don't put their um their side projects on their resume, for example. So if you are you're just coming in, you don't really have um lots of jobs, lots of um work experience and all, you should also put your, your side project. So if you worked on a fund project and stuff, put that in there, say what, give a, a quick summary of it, um, talk about the tech stack you use, and that will um, open you up to more diverse roles. So you're early in your career, you you could go lots of ways, you know, down the line. And you don't want people saying no to you because all they are saying is maybe they're saying this piece of technology and they're like, oh, we use this other one. But then you also have some form of familiarity with this other one they use on a side project, but they don't see it on your resume. So they, they, they are just like, you know what, no, not this person. And then you pick someone else who, you know, showcases that stuff. So put yourself out there, um, making connections, um, making sure your profile shines and, and highlighting as many things as possible as you know, you know, yeah. And persevering is one of the biggest ones. Um, this this is, I, I feel like people don't talk about this enough, but you need to be able to like live with rejection. It's not the easiest thing, I mean, even at this point in my career. Like it's it's a thing where you you should be ready to get rejections, and whether you're going to cry in your corner or talk to your therapist or something, um, you have to keep coming back and and coming back until you get something eventually. So persevering yeah. is a big one. Having the support system, so maybe your friends or your family, people that make you feel like you know. You, you are worth it and, and all because you get your first rejection like oh and then you get 10 and then you get 50 and, and it's like why am I even here you know and, and then you're thinking of quitting so you, you need that support system people that you know prop you up and, and make you see that you know you can do this um 100%. and just keep pushing yeah yeah um you you're spoken a lot you're spoken a lot like like now the question I'm about to ask you this is something I'm now confused about because like you've spoken a lot on a lot of skills that would really help like land the job. And I think people should really pay attention to most of them, especially the persevering. Like I I remember a friend of mine telling me like, how long would it take him to start learning to like when he would start making money in tech? And I started telling him that I cannot give you a particular time but all I can tell you is be prepared for six months, be prepared for two years, be prepared for three years, and just keep holding it. Know that it's not going to be easy at some point, but like you like staying there is what matters and stuff like that. So I really understand like that persevering. I, I feel like it's really people don't really speak of it that much often, but almost take it hard. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, to, to talk about the money thing, I, I think it's also a thing that um, I feel like there's some, is it like people are kind of misguided on 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 the on the fund part, especially you know where we come from here, Nigerians and all. First of all, um, you'd be really lucky to get your first job, you know, remote. <laughs> like you need to be really lucky. I, I know, like, and I want the water you're drinking. Um, <laughs> and so, your first set of jobs, if you're Nigerian at all, you live in Nigeria, would be Nigerian jobs, of course. And the economy is. It's way different and, and weaker than you know these foreign economies. So they're going to pay you like Nigerian stuff because they're also making Nigerian funds. Um and I think there's this sad wrong thing where people are, you know, people are seeing some people who have actually been, you know, done a bit of time in tech, you know, and you don't know, you just see that they pop up and and it's like, oh, this person's making money and oh, it's tech and, and all that. And you don't know how, you know, how long they've been at it. Um, so there's this thing where there are people that quite kind of really early doing these comparisons with people who have actually done a bit of time and it's not the most feasible thing and then they get in and they're not seeing all that money rushing in immediately and they're like where's the money in tech you know so it's it's one thing where I tell people to like pace, pace yourself yeah and also it's not, it's not like it's not it's not easy money it's not free money it's you will work. <laughs> you get that kind of. You thing. have to show something. You you do sacrifices. You make sacrifices. You you put a lot of yourself into it, and over time it comes eventually. But um, pacing yourself is a very important thing, and and just running on your own clock. And also one one other thing I see people do is, um, not not recognizing that different people learn at different paces. So. You see someone that you know started around the same time as you, and you feel like they know way more than you. And people have different paces at which they learn things. I, I, there were things when I was in separate school, and I was also wasn't serious, and I know. And there were sub, there were subjects that I just did better than people who are like the really smartest in the class, and. I had one teacher, for example, say that he was like kind of shocked that I was doing so well at this this particular thing. I was like, oh, it just came to me, you know, that kind of thing. And there are people that certain things just come too easy. And you need to study more than them. And it doesn't mean you suck at what you do. It's just what it is. You know, we are, we are different human beings with different um capabilities. And that's it. people need to like recognize their own strengths and recognize their weaknesses and, you know, work. Tailor, tailor their like you know past to feel to fit into that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so like I would want to know like specifically what 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 skill do you feel like have been the most helpful to you like throughout your career, throughout your tech career? What skill has been the most helpful? Ah, uh, I I would say um doing some form of jack of all trades earlier in my career um it's made certain things easier um in the sense that for example i work full stack and and it's because i did um full stack work at my very first job and i also like could you know have the some devops experience because i also did you know some of that my first job and i did lots of stuff so for me personally was this thing where i was always op open to um 
learning different things, different technologies and all. And it and I've seen benefits today because I've, I've for example, I just came off a job search and it made me it made it possible for me to speak to way more companies because I, like if they wanted a front-end engineer, I could do that role. If they wanted a back-end engineer, I could do that role. If they wanted, you know, full stack, I could do that. And then learning knowing different technology stacks, you know, like knowing JavaScript, knowing um some Golang etc. So um, I I feel like you know learning learning lots of things initially and then narrowing down to things that you really fancy, but also being you know uh, familiar with certain technologies that you can you know prepare for an interview with it or say oh if you give me time to do this, I actually have you know familiarity with it and I can you know get better at it if you give me a job. So learning why is 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 one one good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think th that's also true. But like, you know, when you when you start to say these kind of things, some people would like obviously be like, well, they prefer um just focusing on one from the from like the onset till like that till like you get your preferred goal. Like, I remember someone telling me on an interview that he he like would prefer someone that started with Java. And like went way through to like whatever time eight years ten years doing that one thing compared to like someone that already has like Java experience and has done a bit of Python and now is moving to GoLang and like moving to front end and stuff like that. So I don't know what what do you, what do you think about that? Like what do you think about specifying on one thing and like having like a vast knowledge on like a lot of things? Hmm. I, I this is what I'll say. Um, so. My, like I said, my dad is an engineer. And one thing he, he always, you know, told me as as a kid was, you know, engineers are problem solvers. Engineers are problem solvers, and that's one thing that stuck with me um, as a person. And you know, we, many people have the software engineering title, and at the end of the day, I, I like put that into my work in the sense that it's not really about you know JavaScript or .NET or something. The, the major thing you are paid to do at any job is to solve problems. And your job is to find ways, you know, to use code to solve the problem. So it's it's not about, you know, whether it's you're proficient at Java or you're proficient at, you know, .NET or, or JavaScript or anything. It's what really matters is that, you know, you, you solve problems for people, you make their lives easier, you know, and that's what really matters. So my last company, for example, each team had their own, um, technology stack. It wasn't like the old company was using TypeScript or something. My team, if we were going to spin up a new server, we'll be using, you know, JavaScript-based technologies. But one thing I one thing I'm lighted at, um, they use Golang, you know, and I learned some Golang there. And then they also only left my team because they wanted to write more Elixir. So we went to a team that wrote Elixir. So at the end of the day, the, as much as we, we had so many, you know, languages in the company, the main point that the, the real customer, the end customer sees is that we made life easier for them when they were shopping. And that's the real goal, to, to make life easier for people with, with, with what we, we do. So I, I don't like to focus too much on um, tech stack, particularly. I, I think you can solve um, lots of problems with different tech stacks. And at times there are, you know, situations where you find that there is a better tool to use than the other. So it's just about researching in, in situations like that. So yeah. for, for me, it's just, I just, I just do that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think now that makes like more sense. And 
people would like be able to really understand that it's at the end of the day, as long as you're solving the problem, I think that's all that matters. How are you solving yeah. the problem with like the skill, you know? Yeah. Um, um for example, I'm a, I'm an Angular fanboy, and and on Twitter yeah. I always <laughs> my, my React friends and I, I'm always slanging um, React and all, but yeah, I write React, you know, I, I write React at work. It's all Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> you get like so yeah. all, all these things in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter. It's about finding the best tools to solve problems for people. Yeah. People a lot of people that have been listening to this would be like programmers that are just starting or people that are just landing their first job and stuff like that. So um, I would want you to just share an experience with us of a time when you have faced um, a specific coding problem, a specific coding issue. I know as a, as a developer, it's something we see every day, but do you get what I'm saying? Um, just give us an example of a specific pro- coding problem that you have faced and like how you are able to like navigate through this issue because you never know who it would help yeah, on the podcast. Uh, well, I, I think I think it's it gets easier, kind of, um, in the sense that one of the things I've learned so far is is how to actually you know search for solutions to problems because it was kind of more difficult for me when I just started. It, um, it, one of the first things I had problem with was knowing what NPM was because I uh, tried to do something and they go, oh, you know what, just do NPM install. And I'm like. Yeah, you know, yeah. and another time it's uh, it's I've been in this case where I've learned and learned and learned and I've learned you know how to learn, and now it's easier to like you know find solutions to problems. So um usually my approach is this: googling is always the very first thing. You know, like you find a problem, you see an error code or something, and the first thing you just copy and paste that in the Google and or check Stack Overflow and all, and um, see if you can solve that. And then if you can't solve it from there, then you want to start rubbing it with um rubbing it with members of your team, you know. So reaching out for help and, and, and not having an ego is is a very, you know, it's one thing I really encourage. Like don't don't feel too proud or something to like ask for help. Because once again, you're solving a problem and at times it's you know time critical. So um Reaching out for help is really important. If you can't solve a problem on your own, tell the team on time and let them know and, you know, brainstorm. As they say, two heads are better than one, you know. So you could, at times even, I, I've seen this thing where, you know, you're describing a problem to someone. And while you're doing that, the solution comes to you just, just from expressing it to someone else. Um, so that, that's also a thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah but, but majorly it's about, you know, trying to find solution yourself and if you can't do that informing the team because at times you also impact the time of um delivery of a product that you promise customers so finding people who are more senior than you that can you know that can help out that you can reach out to also being i, I think it's easier when you're in a company or a team that has this culture where they they really encourage you to reach out for help because there are people who are in teams where like you ask a question once you ask another question and they're like this is is a silly person on the team that that doesn't know anything you know um but I've, I've been fortunate to you know lately work in teams that no question is too stupid you know just just ask let's let's the point is to solve the problem let's share knowledge here um so pretty much my approach is always like searching for help on my own because i don't want to bring every single problem to other people and then if i can't solve it on my own then immediately like no pride just ask someone else 
hey, I'm having this problem. Do you, do you, do you know how I can solve it? You know, um, yeah. Wow, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much for, for the noise. And I really, really appreciate your time. I look forward to us doing something like similar to this some other time. Um, probably after the recording, there's also something I would like to talk to you about. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. So, so much. Um, thank for you the, for having me. For the people listening, um, just as we are closing, um, how would they be able to reach you? And if people need advice on like certain issues, how would they be able to reach you? I, I don't like to be rich. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like to be rich. Um, so I, I don't... I'm, I'm not a person who actually like tries to mentor or anything. Like if, if you know me and, and reach out to me, of course I would be... I'm always happy to help. But um, there, are, there are lots of people who actually like do this and, and, and all. So, <laughs> so I, I don't want to be this person that says, you know, I reach me through this means and then you DM me or something. I'm like... I don't reply that kind of thing and it's, it's not always you know it doesn't feel nice when what should we be expecting what should we be expecting from you like do we expect to see like um a founder role at some point and stuff like that just before just give us some gossip that we just hold on to yeah if, everything i'm doing right now is i'm working towards buying my phone for stand like I, I want a photo style, so that, that's all I say. I'm doing everything possible to, to get myself a photo style. Okay, so we we are expecting a photo style. Yeah. Amen, amen. Yeah, it's my destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I can already see that tweet. I can already see that tweet of the phone of the picture of the Ford Mustang and you tweeted there. <laughs> so it's, it's been a very wonderful time. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and I really, really appreciate. It. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you for staying till the end of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time we drop an episode. And also share to people in the tech ecosystem that you feel this might be of value to. Do have a wonderful day. I'll see you in the next episode.